Flannery O'Connor is one of America's greatest fiction writers, and she was a very devout Roman Catholic, and her stories are infused with her Catholic faith. Well, one of her short stories is called Revelation. The central character in the story is a woman named Mrs. Turpin. Mrs. Turpin is this stout Southern woman, and the setting of the story is the waiting room of a doctor's office. Well, on the outside, Mrs. Turpin is prim and proper. She smiles and greets people and is very courteous. But we're privy in the story to her inner monologue, all of her thoughts going through her mind. And as she's sitting in this crowded waiting room, Mrs. Turpin is carefully judging everyone in the waiting room. Look at that outfit. Can you believe that hat? I would never leave the house looking like that. But there's a particular person in the waiting room that annoys Mrs. Turpin. It's a college girl slouched in her chair, her hair disheveled. She's reading a book. Well, Mrs. Turpin loathes the sight of her. Well, the story reaches a climax when Mrs. Turpin stands up and exalts her own virtue and praises God for all of her blessings. And then it hits her. The college girl throws a book and it hits Mrs. Turpin square in the face. And the college girl yells out, you are a warthog from hell. Well, the college girl's name is Mary Grace, and the name of the story is Revelation. Being hit by the book was a moment of grace and revelation for Mrs. Turpin as she's confronted with her own self-righteousness. Well, I thought about this story as I heard the gospel today, because people come to Jesus and say, hey, did you hear about all those Galileans that Pilate killed? And did you hear about those 18 people that were killed when that tower fell on them? Well, what are these people thinking? Those people must have done something really bad, and that's why they died. And furthermore, we must not be as bad as they are because we didn't get killed. Well, first, Jesus challenges their image of God. God isn't up there ready to pounce on us because of our sin. That's not how a loving father deals with his children. God doesn't kill us because we sin. And then Jesus turns the tables on them. He tells them, those tragedies didn't happen because those people were greater sinners. But then he says, but I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. Well, what's the moment of revelation for all of us? I need to repent. Like Mrs. Turpin being hit upside the head by Mary Grace, we all need to be shaken out of our self-righteous attitude and acknowledge our own personal need to repent and turn back to God. That's what Lent is all about. Well, I was personally convicted this week of my own need for repentance, reading the book Open Wide the Door to Christ by S.C. Bila. Bila uses the analogy in the book. He says, imagine that you can only eat one meal a day. So you have a big breakfast. Well, he says, what happens? You grow hungrier and hungrier hour by hour, longing for the next day when you can eat again. He says, now apply this to our spiritual life. Whether we receive Holy Communion at daily Mass or on the Lord's Day, Do we grow hungrier and hungrier hour by hour longing to receive Jesus again in the Eucharist? This is the source of our salvation. Are we hungering for Jesus? Well, reading this passage, I was personally convicted of my own mediocrity. Well, what's the point? 
All of us are called to repentance. Conversion is a process that never ends until we meet God face to face. We should never be completely satisfied with where we are in our spiritual lives. We could always be growing. And that's why St. Paul says in the second reading, whoever thinks he is standing secure should take care not to fall. Father Thomas Dubé proposes three stages of repentance. The first stage of repentance is to turn away from mortal sin. Mortal sin separates us from God, and if we die in a state of unrepentant mortal sin, we exclude ourselves from the gift of eternal life. Well, the first stage of turning from serious sin is to actually just desire to change. We can't help somebody that doesn't want to be helped. If you don't feel a desire to turn away from serious sin, then that's got to become your prayer. Jesus, give me the desire to let go of this sin in my life. Well, here's the good news of the gospel. God is patient with us. The fig tree is barren. But Jesus, who is the gardener, says, let's give it another year, and I will cultivate around it, and I will fertilize it. What's the fertilizer? It's Jesus' grace. He's going to give us every opportunity to change. Okay, if I am conscious of serious sin, the first step is to go to confession and repent of that sin and say, Jesus, I need your grace. I'm powerless over sin in my life. I need your help. That takes humility to ask for help. And then we have to do our best to cooperate with that grace. It's good to examine our sin during Lent here and to reflect on what are my triggers? What leads me to sin? What are the remedies that I need to focus on? And am I intentional about avoiding the near occasions of sin? If drunkenness, for instance, is my problem, and I know if, okay, if I get together with this group of friends and go to the bar on Friday night, I'm going to get drunk. Well, maybe I need to say I shouldn't go to the bar or I need to get a new group of friends. Well, the second stage of repentance is avoiding deliberate venial sin. Again, it's easy to rationalize. Well, these are just my character flaws. There's nothing I can do about them. You know, if you ever wonder, well, why is my prayer so mediocre? It's probably because I'm attached to my deliberate venial sins. We get comfortable with our disordered affections, and we rationalize these things. God will give us what we want. And if we want our false idols, God lets us have them. The final stage of conversion is heroic virtue. This is when I begin practicing virtue quickly and even in the face of suffering. Well, let me just close with this. Archbishop Dolan, Cardinal Archbishop of New York, said among Catholics today, there's this attitude, well, all are welcome and anything goes. He says, well, it's true, all are welcome. We want to welcome people into the church, into the body of Christ, but he says, it's not true that anything goes. We're all called to repent, to configure our lives to Christ and to live in accord with God's commands. Well, this is a moment of revelation for all of us when we recognize our own need to repent. Now is the time to turn back to the Lord. And with Christ, freedom is possible. We can bear good fruit.